Hello, and welcome to the Golden Thread Conversations with Judy Murdoch. Um, today, I am so happy to be um, speaking again with Linda Katz. Linda is a wild feminine soul guide and Koya movement teacher who has been on a quest for the last decade to reclaim her wild. She spent five years on the hero's journey, escaping all the external cages she thought were keeping her constrained. But after changing nearly everything in her life and realizing that she still didn't feel the wilderness or the wildness she most hoped for, she set out on the heroine's descent to dismantle the cage that existed within. So Linda, hi. Hello. Hi, Judy. Thank you so, for having me today. Oh, it's like my pleasure. So here is a, I have a question um, about the introduction. Um, there's a sentence here about didn't feel the wildness she most longed for. And would you, would you say a little bit more about that? Because, um, you know, I know you and I'm in a class with you and um, that, you, that you lead. And I don't know if I would have been able to articulate, um, like articulate, like I don't feel the wildness. Like, so can you say a little bit, like what's the experience of not feeling the wildness and like, how did you even know? <laughs> It's a great question. And I think um, for me, wild was another way of almost saying I didn't feel like myself. Like there was mm -hmm. some kind of natural, innate impulse within me that was stifled. And I think the word wild always really resonated with me because I love uh, the wilderness and I love wild animals and wild spaces. And I feel mm -hmm. like they have this integrity and this just isness, you know, like you, they just are who they are. Yes. And I think that um, that was part of what really resonated for me with this term wild. And it's actually, it's interesting because it's something that I keep coming back to that slightly changes and, and morphs over time as to what, uh, as to what it means to me, it continues to kind of mm -hmm. add layers of nuance, but I think in one way it's, um, something innate, something authentic, um, mm -hmm. this energy and facet within us that I think growing up, um, oftentimes is stifled, you know, just going through school systems and then, you know, into workplaces and mm -hmm. there can be, less space for um, just following our own curiosity, following our own love, expressing our own feelings, which I feel like is part of wildness. You know, I think of like a wild animal, like they cuddle and snuggle. Right. And then if they get like, if you touch them in the wrong way, like they will let you know, you know, there's like that hissing right. or whatever that comes that I think. Um, sure. Sure. A lot of times as women, especially, we can be domesticated out of some of those instinctual, natural responses because we've been taught to be pretty and yeah. pleasing. Right, right. And to be obsequious or whatever that word is and get along with people. That's kind of our role is to make people, to make people feel comfortable. Yes. You know, yes. And, and that, so like when, so what comes up for me after, from what you said was, um, 
for, for myself, um, the word integrity keeps coming up and um, yeah, and I, I don't think there up until fairly recently, I wouldn't, I would have even understood that I was, I needed more, more wildness or I needed to be more deeply connected with who I am. And I, I think too, there's a piece in there around, you know, like with, with an animal and I have cats and you have a dog. And the thing I like about my cats is that the cats do not have an inner dialogue of, you know, is this okay? Is this not okay? Cats have a very, cats have kind of minimal, like, like pack instinct. And so whatever's going, and whatever's going on with the cat, you know, it's whatever's going on with the cat. Like I, I realized like, I can't really ever get angry with my cats because there's no intention. Like they're not, they're not trying to like get a a rise out of me or anything Mm -hmm. like that. It's just, they, they do what they do. Um, and I have to kind of roll with it and be respectful to them. And I think having that insight is, it's made probably made me a much better cat. I don't want to say an owner because I don't think you can own a cat, but let's, let's say cat, uh, cat human or um, <laughs> cohabitator, <laughs> cohabitator, servant. That's usually how I feel. I'm like, you guys are like smaller than me. And, you know, I have a way bigger IQ than you do, but you guys pretty much like you're, you're you run the place, you get whatever you want. <laughs> Tell me your secret, oh, oh great feline overlord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that resonates for me. There was, um, and now I'm going to forget who it was. It might have been Esther Harding. It was one of like the female female Jungians from mm-hmm. yesteryear. Okay, when describing this energy of like the virgin, which like the virgin oh. goddesses, mm-hmm. and you know from how we think of it now is kind of different from the way that it that it may have been thought about in the past where virgin really connoted this sense of being whole unto oneself like a virgin like all of one substance like a virgin forest or a virgin olive oh, oil that's a very i like that that's a very and, in, yeah. i like that interpretation me too and then it, it you see those goddesses differently that they're you know they haven't taken on pieces perhaps that are that don't belong to them or mm-hmm. um and there was a quote that like when as women we find this or birth this energy of the virgin goddess within ourselves that we no longer what we do is no longer because it's pleasing even to ourselves right. we do what we do because it is true and mm. I think that's kind of that when you said that about your cats it's like it's like we're finding that space within ourselves and to give ourselves that permission to do what we do because it's true and to um and it's that's a long journey <laughs> to get to where the cat it is, is actually. <laughs> no it is for sure and you and I also talked a little bit um well it was it was during one of your one of the classes you were teaching but we were talking a little bit about how I, I think it was myself but some of the other students in the class and we were talking about how up until probably puberty you know like many of us have these really great memories of just you know just kind of doing our thing and um 
not worrying about how we looked to other people. And, um, you know, for myself as a little kid, I was really creative and fearless. And um, there was uh, the, the, the question of, um, can I do this right? You know, that question never even occurred to me. Thank goodness, right? So yeah. that energy was there. And so I think there's also a piece here about reclaiming yes. perhaps what we all we once had. Yes. Yeah. So true. It's like that that voice, that innate isness, that wholeness was there. You know, it was it was there often from the beginning. And yes, that there is this process of over time, I feel like it gets buried by all of these other cultural expectations and voices that come in. And to find that energy again um, yeah. within ourselves from like a grown woman's consciousness can right. be so powerful. Powerful, but hard too. Because, yes. you know, we have to filter it through all of the, the shoulds and coulds and um, all these social norms that um, we live with. So, yeah. so I want, I mean, I, what I'd like to talk about, <laughs> my, 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 my reason for talking to you um, <laughs> is um, I, one of the, um, one of my own personal projects that has been important to me, at least on paper for quite some time, has been um, like, like going through all of my stuff and getting, you know, getting rid of what no longer serves me or to use Marie Kondo's um, phrase, no longer sparks joy. And I have, I have felt so much resistance to doing this. So, so much resistance. Um, I have gone through, you know, kind of like stuff purges in the past. Um, by nature, I'm a very uh, organized and, um, you know, I, I, I want to be tidy. And there, one of the things, one of the reasons I have been resistant to it is because in the past when I would go through sort of these, these organizing um, process, you know, processes or periods or whatever, it always felt pretty shitty. And by that, I mean, the way I would go about it would be, I'd be like you know, super organized, have my goals, have a check. I have like multiple checklists for all these things. Um, and I would get it done. But I always felt like I just fought a war and I don't really feel a whole much of a sense of uh, satisfaction, uh, ownership. Uh, it, it just feels like I just, you know, like went through a 30 day grind or whatever. And I don't, you know, like I think one of the results of taking your class on reclaiming wildness has been, I don't want to be that person when I do it. Yeah. Kind of feeling really disconnected and it's a total ego thing and it's just all about getting boxes checked off. But I still come out of it feeling sort of spiritually and emotionally like 
deprived or hollow. I'm not quite sure what the right word would be there, but I, I suspect mm-hmm. you, you're getting, mm-hmm. you're picking up what I'm laying down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So that got me thinking, you know, I'm always one of my things is always, well, how can I do this differently? You know, how can I make this something that can work for me? And what I was thinking about was uh, way back when I was doing um, some coach training, the, um, my instructor for many of the classes I took was Thomas, was, was Thomas J. Leonard, who um, he's, he's known in the coaching community by those who started coaching in the, the early 2000s and, and before. He was one of the, really the, one of the founders, and I think one of the persons who best articulated the vision for what life coaching actually is. And Thomas was, a, one of the things I liked about him was he just, he, his brain just worked differently than many of ours. He was very logical, but he was also very, I, I guess I'll use the word visionary, in that he would he was he was really good at asking questions that were basically why not or why not do this or why do we do that so really kind of questioning an entire assumption yeah. and one of the things that he used to talk about was um he would frame it as i am a lazy person <laughs> which i really i really love that he just said you know i am a lazy person and um i really hate forcing myself to do stuff and he was Thomas was also I just want to interject here too he was really into this idea of evolution and the way he thought about evolution was you know not so much evolution from the perspective like the really classic evolution that environment and genetic mutations kind of work together to you know basically um kind of I don't know if optimize is quite the right word, but at least to create, you know, enable a species to have what it needs to survive and to reproduce, because that's kind of classic um, evolution. His idea was more, well, what if we took that up a notch and we said, what if we could have our environments work on us in such a way that our environments would help us evolve, you know, intellectually and spiritually and emotionally. So more of this sort of this, more of this inner evolution. And I thought that was like a really super cool idea. I really like that. And, and Thomas would give some examples of how um, he would bring in an assistant or another person, or, you know, he, he had a variety of ideas about um, what are environments to begin with, you know, so like, we can think of our environment as like, well, it's the space around me, but his idea was much more about, well, what are the different things from the outside that work on us? Mm. So um, I really liked that idea. And so as I was thinking about it, I thought, I wonder if there are things that I can do to alter my environment so that my environment works on me in ways that will make this uh, decluttering, um, you know, tidying up process less onerous and if not pleasurable, at least not 
it, it doesn't suck. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And yeah. so that's I, I wanted to bring you in because I I I I really like the idea of my wild feminine, you know, sort of that 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 being within to be involved in this process rather than just kind of shutting her down and just saying like yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you can, you can, you can do something that you enjoy. Once, once the attic is, uh, my my attic office is uh, immaculate and perfect. Yeah. Um, because I know that little that little being inside of me is just like fuck that shit, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And 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 it's I think it's uh, you know, we ignore, I think like kind of this this really authentic self within at our peril so um for me it's like okay okay you you get to be in this process okay i really i'm you are involved in this you know um you are a full participant partner um and i want to find some ways to invoke you and bring you out so that you feel that you are involved and have ownership in this process yeah 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 I feel like that's such a juicy topic because it's right I think it's so common yeah. for so many of us to believe that like after you know after the work the work is done then we can then right. we can maybe go and feed ourselves in this way and then you know right. like by the time we get to the the work never is done <laughs> and then by the time it starts to get to that point where we feel like it's done we're exhausted and there's not a lot of energy remaining Right. to um to really enjoy and so I love this idea and it reminds me of something um you know in the desire map Daniel Laporte talks about how the you know you want the journey to feel the way that you want the destination to feel yes I think that that is a really excellent yeah that that's a great concept to bring in I agree yeah. completely Linda yes absolutely I think uh in our culture, our culture is a very, uh, the ends justify the means. And, um, you know, I, I, I think it, this, this is still kind of comes out of a really old sort of hunter gatherer, uh, this idea that you got to earn your keep in the tribe. Yeah. Or the tribe's going to kick you out. I, I think that's just like a part of our mammal brain and you know like i i have a i have huge huge respect for that that part that impulse in ourselves i i've never been one to like make the ego the bad guy the ego is just trying to keep us out of trouble our egos are just trying to like make us look good to our tribe so we yeah. can we have food to eat and somebody helps us take care of our baby and you know and so forth and so on. Yeah. Uh, we have a warm place to stay. Um, so I, you know, I have a lot of respect. On the other hand, you know, my mammal brain is very powerful and my mammal brain does not really exist in my reality. Mm. Yeah. I feel like it's this sense too of the ego, like can we allow the ego to be in service to soul rather than exactly. kind of crushing the wild soul is like, how exactly. do we, 
how do the how does the ego become the hands and the arms of mm -hmm. making the vision of the soul manifest right um mm -hmm. and so that and i feel like it kind of you know going back to what you shared too about the you know having our environments work on us um there is this um sense of kind of lost my train of thought <laughs> um, no worries yeah like as we allow our environments to work on us it can be um oh it's completely gone it's completely gone i'll have That's to okay. come back to it i'm sure it'll That's come like, back again. it's like no it's totally <laughs> it's totally totally cool but i really like going back to what you said about um our ego you know like that uh that that part of ourselves to to serve you know the wild the true self um the goddess i think yeah. is is really a super critical way to hold it and it it is a process of i mean shifting priorities like that is a long process yeah Yes. You know, you don't decide one day like, okay, ego, you're going to serve my inner goddess. And ego's like, oh yeah, okay, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Why didn't you and say something before? <laughs> this is, I, now I finally remembered when you started to okay. say that there's, you know, coming back to this question of why, you know, like that was something yeah. that you shared, like, yeah. So that as we are, you know, for, for decluttering or whatever the project mm -hmm. is that may feel heavy or that may get taken over by this kind of very uh, rational linear uh, part of us is to ask like that deeper aspect, like, why do I want this? Like, why do mm -hmm. I really want um, this space to feel mm -hmm. maybe less cluttered or more yeah. beautiful? Um, well, that's so one, that's an environmental thing, isn't it? Right, which is yeah. like what you're talking about is reframing it. Yeah. Right. So that yeah. that to me is is one of the sort of environments is how like the why 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 am I doing it? So since you brought that up, um, what the the way I have framed it for myself is um, I have a third floor attic space that I've been using as an office for several years now. And I really want um, this space to feel like um, kind of like an art studio, you know, um, kind of that feeling of this is a place where I can create. This is a place that nurtures me. This is a place that when I'm in it, I feel really good. You know, mm. it just feels good. This place is, um, I'm happy when I'm here. You know, this is one of my happy spaces. And it is not right now. And one of the issues, I mean, like a large issue, there is, there's just so much wrong with it. <laughs> um, but um, I mean, in addition to sort of like all the, all the stuff that's like all over the place, um, I don't like the lighting. Um, I don't like the, it has like this old wall to wall carpeting, which I rather loathe. Um, it's kind of dirty right now. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I could say there are other parts of this project, which would be changing the lighting or painting or getting rid of the carpeting or whatever. But, but 
for the purpose of our conversation today, I'm going to focus on just the what what I don't basically what I don't need my husband for. Okay. Because yeah. <laughs> when it comes to, you know, electrical work and stuff like, you know, let's, I let him do that. I'm, I'm not going to touch that stuff. Um, so, so there is the framing about having this place that just feels really good and very nurturing. And it's like my happy place. Um, so I'll, I'm, I'll go, I'll jump in and, and share um, a few ideas for uh, invoking like more of a, a spirit, um, uh, in, in, in including and involving, um, let's just say beings that are greater than, greater than myself. And one of a, a practice that is, has been very important to me and has made an enormous difference for me has been uh, ancestral healing and reverence. And the reverence piece for me is about connecting with guides of uh, different ancestral lineages. So a lineage would be, for example, my mother's mother, my father's father, my mother's mm -hmm. father. So each of those, you can trace a lineage um, back thousands and thousands of years. And I like to actively involve them in what I do because they're way wiser than me. Um, their advice is a lot better than what I can come up with. And they're very non-judgmental. And I trust that if this, this project is something that they support, um, then they, they, will, they will help me um, in, in different ways. And Sometimes uh, ancestral healing can be as direct as uh, simply feeling different about something that perhaps I struggled with before. Mm -hmm. So um, an odd example of that is I used to, for, the, for, for ages, I used to love to have, you know, some candy before I went to sleep. I'd always, you know, have a, a few Jolly Ranchers or something like that. Mm -hmm. And for the last six months, I just, haven't eaten any candy at, you know, late at night mm -hmm. uh, and have, I haven't wanted it. And that to me is a gift of the ancestors. Um, I, I don't know precisely how they do what they do, but you know, there, there, there are, there are ideas or theories now about how, um, you know, our DNA uh, actually can can ship there are things that are can be kind of pressed on or off and mm -hmm. I like to think that you know the, the ancestors somehow are able to do this mm -hmm. so um, I would love for the ancestors to um, work on my behalf perhaps and uh, make make it lighter for me to to be in the attic space for instance so I have an altar up in the attic and um, where I communicate with my ancestors. And so one thing that I would like to do is to light a candle and invoke them and invite them to be involved in the process. Mm. So that would, that's yeah. uh, an example of something I can do um, to, to involve you know, the spiritual beings. And I wanted to ask you some questions about um with you know I mean it seems like you do quite a bit 
um, in your own life in terms of, you know, working on your own environment. So I was sort of curious in terms of music or movement or visuals or whatever comes to you, mm. uh, what are some ideas that, that you have? Yeah, it's a great question. And I feel like I love the, you know, having an altar and inviting mm -hmm. in divine assistance or ancestral assistance and just the remembrance that we don't have to like shoulder all of these burdens mm -hmm. quote, on our mm -hmm. own. Um, and I also feel that, yeah, there's so many pieces like you know, I think when we were originally kind of talking about this idea, you know, like if, if your space that you want to create had like a goddess energy mm -hmm. uh, associated mm -hmm. with it, you oh. know, what goddess would it be? Would it be, you know, Aphrodite? Oh. Would it be mm -hmm. Artemis? Would it be, you know, uh -huh. um, and, and because they, and we could use so many different things. That's just one example is to have mm. this, you know, if it was something like Artemis, the flavor of the space at the end would feel quite different than if it was something like Aphrodite, you know? And I think mm. that once you get to the, that point of even decorating and lighting and those mm. pieces, but mm -hmm. I think if you have a sense of, of, of that goddess, that can also be an invitation to invite them in to help and to create a space that feels honoring of that energy uh, within yourself. So Aphrodite, I mm -hmm. think, is an easy one, right? Because it's we all are familiar with Aphrodite and kind of her, you know, this goddess mm -hmm. of, of love and sexuality and sensuality. And so if this process of decluttering, if at the end, you, let's say, instead of creating a, um, you know, a an art studio it was like I want to have this kind of like my own personal boudoir <laughs> you know the the process yeah. of creating that you know you could even invite that in with like sensual music like what mm -hmm. is the music that you're playing that really kind of mm -hmm. puts you in that energetic space you might mm -hmm. have certain mm -hmm. scents like what are the scents like it's great to start kind of with just the mm -hmm you know, sensual in terms of like the five senses, what, what kind of sense evoke that particular energy? Is it rose? You know, if mm -hmm. it was something like an Artemis, it might be mm -hmm. something that feels mm -hmm. more woodsy. Um, mm -hmm. Textures, like what are you wearing as you do mm -hmm. this? Like, are you kind of just mm -hmm. lepping around, you know, like, um, <laughs> And, and just, you know, kind of inviting in, maybe it's as part of your altar, like having a small space that kind of embodies and invites in the larger feeling of what you want the whole space to feel like. So mm -hmm. that it's this, as you look at it, it's like this constant uh, remembrance, this touchstone, this invitation right. of this right. is this is what this is in service to me is in service to this energy that I really want to bring forth and mm -hmm. that I want to have an environment that can help me to bring this facet of myself forth simply mm -hmm. by nature of me stepping into it. Um, and so mm -hmm. I think that's a big part of it. I think, yeah, movement, like going along with music can be a big part of, you Linda, know, like I have a, a question about the movement piece. Yeah, the having fun piece is really important. So in, you know, like in, in doing movement, in what you teach, 
is there like a like a, a set of movements perhaps uh you know like koi related or or not about what might be some movements that i could do as as a, in this process if that makes sense mm. well i feel like so yeah i'm a koya teacher so a lot of the movements kind of come from these pillars of koya mm -hmm. one of my favorite ones is like the circling i think that the circling mm -hmm. is a great way to um one get into the body but to also mm -hmm. to really if you allow the movement to be the metaphor to break out of some of these linear ways of being mm -hmm. and seeing and approaching things. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. just slowly circling down through the body, head and neck, shoulders, arms, you know, heart and chest, hips, and just to mm -hmm. kind of begin to invite that more, that softer, um, more cyclical feminine energy into it that is very different mm -hmm. from the box checking right like right um the second one i would say is shaking uh mm -hmm. the full body mm -hmm. shake and because shaking is really mm -hmm. like it moves energy so it's mm -hmm. like asking for help of you know mother earth to like take perhaps some of the resistance that you have to be able to mm. you know she composts mm -hmm. it we can give it as a mm -hmm. gift you mm -hmm. know um to really kind of enliven our own energetic bodies and you can also mm -hmm. take that out into the space like clearing out energetic cobwebs i think is a big piece of it because sometimes we go into a space and it just has this certain energy because mm. this is the space that it's been for a long Good time. Point. Yeah, that's a really excellent point. And for so sure. just shaking it up and, and beginning to clear out um, that energy. Mm. And if there's, you know, if there is a window, I think that opening up a window can be a great way to kind of help usher out anything that feels stagnant and to invite in some, some freshness um mm -hmm. so those would be two and then i think finding a song that mm -hmm. feels the way that you want the space to feel ah. so if you want the uh -huh. space to feel creative like what's a song that feels creative in your body like what ah. makes you feel creative and when you put that song on like dance that song as your prayer like allow the movement to be the prayer for this is mm -hmm. how I want to feel. This is how I want mm -hmm. this space to feel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah. just to, um, yeah, invite more of that energy in. So I think movement can be a great way to one, come into ourselves, but also to kind of break up any like stagnancy in our own body, in our own energetic field, and just in the space so that we can begin perhaps a, dialogue <laughs> with the space right the more that we come mm -hmm. into ourselves too is like it's not mm -hmm. simply us imposing like our that. will upon the space but it's like okay what what mm -hmm. kind of wants to be created here what does this space want to be so that it I becomes like that. this yeah like a a two-way street so again it's not yeah. that ego that's like i just want this it's like right let's work in co-creation with the space that we have to see you know what does it want what does it feel like it's you know you might notice that's that there's like oh here's this area that feels really kind of like it has a lot of dense energy or um mm -hmm. 
that is asking for, you know, might be a candle that is wanted there or uh, fresh air or a diffuser, you know, like, so working and, and noticing not just in our head, like what it is that we want, but any kind of intuitive nudges that come up during this process, which I think is why getting into our bodies can be so helpful. Cause otherwise it's like, we're so right. in the head that we're like, this is what I have to do. I'm going to go and I'm going to go do it. Um, right. right. That we block those things. And so coming into the body too. And like, I think those things combined with having an altar, asking the ancestor, asking our guides for help can really prime us to be in this different energy where where it does become more of a co-creation, where it does become this kind of um, led and inspired process rather than something that's just very rote and mechanic and let me get right. through it. Well, Linda, you know, it comes up for me, um, like as I'm listening, as I was listening, it, I felt like, oh yeah, yeah. You know, like lots of like, oh yeah, yeah. That's, that's cool. That sounds really cool. Yeah, I like that. And the other thing that kind of came up for me was, wow, this is not going to be an overnight thing yeah. because I will need to I, I don't want to predict something you know, with, with too much certainty, but what came up for me was I'm going to need to try out some different stuff. You know, I'm going to need to try out some different music and I'm going to need to a willingness, you know, like a real openness to trying things and and noticing does this work or not? Yeah, because you're yes. what you're offering is it's 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 prescriptive at like a super high level, but you know you're not saying to me, okay, like burn this candle, you know, do this, listen to this song, do this, you know, you're saying these are some ideas for you to, you know, give it a go, yeah. see, you know, to see how does this feel, not feel, and also knowing that what may not work initially may be something that will work later in the process. Yeah. And that's like, it's very organic. Yes. Which yeah. I like, but I also feel really right now, like very challenged, like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh not again I just want something to be really easy um and so what comes to me too is um my I'm going to just put my intention out there um because I, I I I'm I'm big on putting intentions out there but I do feel having a buddy or companion in this process that would feel really good yeah. so I'm just I'm just putting that out there um not not with anything like you know i'm gonna ask this person or ask that person or anything like that so much as just saying i think this would be i i think having another person who is invested in you know i don't i hate that word success but for for things for me to have that outcome that would really help a lot like that would feel really good and yeah. um yeah and you know, I, I really am someone who I, I enjoy working with partners on projects that I, I just really love that partner energy. So just putting it out there, you know, who knows, and for those of you who are listening to this podcast, um, understand too that um, 
you know, I have no idea if I'm going to be successful with this or not. You know, um, I, I mean, no doubt the attic will get cleaned at some point, if only because we are we will be moving at some point, and I'll just have to. <laughs> I'll just have to. But I, I, it would be so much nicer to, you know, have you know be able to enjoy this space for the time that we're still in this house. Yeah. So that's yeah. sort of my intention with that. Yeah. Yeah. And just allowing it to be like like hearing you describe that it sounds very experimental right it, it allows to it calls in especially as a place that is really like you said an art studio right mm -hmm. which for me when I hear of an art studio I'm like oh of course it is a place that is meant to be in a lot of ways experimental where you have yes. to be willing to take risks and try things and that has that kind of creative energy so even the way of approaching mm -hmm. this of having it be this experiment of like and it might be different based upon different days that you show up like noticing mm -hmm. what you need noticing what mm -hmm. feels good to you tuning into what you feel like the space is needing or asking for that day and you know that's a really I, I really like that Linda what that brings up for me is like doing an initial check-in which yeah in any relationship is, is always the, the polite way to begin is checking in with yourself, checking in with the room, checking in with the ancestors, you know, just sort of doing a little, like taking a moment to just take stock and say, Hey, you know, what's going on right now? Yes. Without it's so judgment. different, right. Than what we usually, it's like, we just charge <laughs> in with our to-do yeah. list and we're like, today I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And that will totally. be, it, you know, it's like such yeah. a different space to be like, okay, what, and, 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 you know, maybe one day you just sit there, like maybe you meditate in the space, mm -hmm. maybe you dance mm -hmm. one song and then you don't declutter anything and you leave, you know, like right. there can, mm -hmm. you know, it can be, um, well, it's an art, it isn't it? Yeah. This is an art. Yeah. This is what art is, yes. right? Art is yeah. not like I, and I, I have huge, huge respect for science and scientific methods and, and all that good stuff. But when it, it is art, it, it can't be held to, you can't hold it to try to hold it too tightly. Yes. It has yep. to, it really does have to have flow. Yeah. Cool. And, and cool space. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really intrigued to hear how this continues to kind of Me unfold too. for you. You know, I also like, I feel compelled to also like, just say to anybody who's listening, who's just like, oh my God, Judy, you should read Marie Kondo's book. Um, I just want to say to those of you who, who love Marie Kondo, total respect to you. Um, I have both of Marie Kondo's books. Maybe she's written a third, but I, I do have the first two. I love her and I love her energy so, so much. But I also recognize Marie Kondo and I are two really different people who, are very, who seem to be motivated by very, very different things. And I did try her method of, for example, like putting out every T-shirt that I own and then like looking at each T-shirt individually and asking the T-shirt, you know, are you sparking joy? You know, like, are you still serving me? And I just my my whole body just shut down and mm -hmm. said, like, Oh God, I can't possibly that. I just, uh, I just got yeah. up such an awful feeling. So anyway, like huge respect to Marie Kondo and I wish her method worked for me, but it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's the sorry. thing. It's, it's, it's that experiment. It's that experimental energy that I think it's 
that we get, mm-hmm. we sometimes we forget when um, things work for others that like we get to have a say in it, that we get to take something on, we get to try it on just like we try on a shirt and we're like, oh, that looks really great on you. And I feel really frumpy in this shirt, you know, or whatever right. it is. It's like, yeah. it's not meant to necessarily work for everyone. And so just giving that yourself that permission to play and to experiment. And I think you said something really key, like a, a little bit ago, like without judgment, because so often without it's judgment. like we, we bring that like, oh, why am I unable to do this? Or like, why, you know, like this really kind of heavy self-judgmental energy rather than saying like, oh, this didn't work for me. Let me see if there's something else that does. Yeah, I think like coming from a place of inquiry and curiosity. So curiosity, I think it's a really important quality to bring to any creative process really, um, where the focus is more on "Hmm, what's going to happen? What am I going to learn? Rather than like, it better work. So if it doesn't work, I'm not going to feel good about myself. Yeah, I'm not exactly. worthy, you know. So this really is. I just again, I just really want to emphasize this really is an adventure and an experiment. Yeah. And I'm I'm really glad that um, I I really wanted to yeah. get you involved in this because you know um, I like Uh-oh. you're my wildest. You're frozen a little bit. Sometimes I just feel like Zoom is misbehaving, just to misbehave or something. Can you hear me? Now okay, I can good. hear you. Good. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, but anyway, I, I, I really have been inspired by your work to, uh, to try to bring this wildness and this more feminine goddess approach into um, the way I do things in my life. Mm. Yeah, I love that. And try that on as an experiment and see how it feels, you know, totally. it's like right. all of these are things that we get to run through our own bodies and take what resonates and leave the rest and um, yeah, Linda, find I the things that resonate with our you. souls. I had yeah. one more question for you. And that was you and I, I had talked to you a little bit about if there were any specific writers or resources you wanted to recommend um, we're a little short on time and you can always, you know, like send me a list or something if you want. Yeah. So I was, I was thinking about it. Cause I was like, oh man, I'm, I'm a voracious reader. So I was like literally scanning all of the books that are all over the house in like mm-hmm. five or six different areas. And I'm like, hmm. mm-hmm. so for me, like, I think that I really enjoy books that are uh, like, I love a dense book. Let's just put it that way. Like I love a dense nonfiction. Um, And Mm -hmm. so sometimes those things may not be this, like if you're listening to it, like I'm not an audio learner. So for me, I can't listen to something like that. It would probably be if I was listening to something to have it be um, a story. And I think that there's something really powerful about Mm -hmm. that too. Like instead of just listening to music is to listen to fiction. Um, and see if there's a book that feels the way that you kind of imagine the space feeling rather than it being Uh this kind of sense of needing to learn something. Uh, with that said, I have, have, do have a few books that I just love that, uh, maybe tangentially related. Um, one we kind of spoke about, which was the desire map, which I think Mm. in this particular case can be really great in terms of identifying like how you want to feel and how you want to feel in a particular space. Like what is it that you Mm. really wish for the space to evoke in you? Um, Mm -hmm. 
And what do you wish to evoke in the space? And so I think that that can be a great way to just, again, get curious um, about that. I think that, um, like I said, there are certain books that kind of carry certain energies. Women Who Run With the Wolves, though dense, has a lot of uh, fairy tales in it. Mm. And so I think either listening to Women Who Run With the Wolves or there are some of the fairy tales that are in there, um, you know, there are oral tellings of them. So for example, Mm. uh, The Handless Maiden, Martin Shaw has an oral live storytelling of The Handless Maiden. And so that can be something that's really interesting to also um, interesting bring into the space mm, mm-hmm. I also think of something like the chalice and the blade by Rion Eisler um, mm-hmm. which really goes into this kind of what she calls partnership or egalitarian societies versus dominator mm. societies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there's something really quite potent about this idea of the partnership model and you mm, know, the, the societies that existed in the past that had this model, they tended to be very like, they tended to really value art and in their art, they have, uh, you know, they didn't have any weapons or um, kind of evidence of, of war or violence in the way that we typically associate with later cultures. That's very interesting. Art. And so there's something there too around like invoking that energy that this, these are cultures have existed in the past that really valued um, things that were life enhancing, things like beauty that sometimes get a bad rap in our culture as being either superficial or, and they can be, right? Because they're filtered through this very specific lens. Oh, yeah. I think the way that you are inviting it in is that like, there's something is called forth in us by whether it's a beautiful sunset, a beautiful space, a certain kind of lighting. Um, and so just, I think that's a great book to just be reminded that like, that this is valuable. Um, even though sometimes mm-hmm. our culture values more of the checkbox and the just our, our culture is, is very harsh when it comes to, um, you know, anything that does not, you know, obviously provide value or enable you to get more of something you want or get rid of something you don't want. And um, I, I, I think for myself, at least, um, I, I don't know if it's like a life purpose type thing, but I would really like to change the way artists feel about themselves and their worth in, in our world. I think it's, e- I think in many ways, it's easier to begin with the artists and how they feel about themselves than it is to try to persuade other people that artists have worth. Because I think when you are, when you simply know what your worth is and you don't need to persuade yourself otherwise, I, I think that would, would, be a I think it would be quite quite a quite a shift in I I, I just I think it would be really interesting to see um, how that how that shifts things in in our world. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I do often I think completely 
it's it's very difficult to like try to convince somebody they should pay you a certain amount of money or they should want what you do when you yourself are unpersuaded. You know, that really has to come from within. And uh, yeah. 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 That's a big idea. Completely. That is a big idea. <laughs> I feel like that's a topic for a whole other podcast. <laughs> you know, I think it's, but I think it's something that is really, um, it's like sometimes we take on this idea of changing the culture. Mm hmm but we can start with like changing the culture within, you know, it's like the same exactly. thing that, you know, I talk That's about right. like how we've internalized the tyrant King. Like we can totally. try to fight against the tyrant King out there all we want, but as long as there's that little, that part of us that just continues right. to mirror it back, we unconsciously keep creating the same situations. And I think that. That's right. Yeah. There's something, there's yeah. something really powerful in that. And I also feel like a lot of that work, you know, kind of alluding back to you saying like your intention to wanting to have a buddy. I think that for artists and there's something that magical that can happen when we also find that in community, like there's a community of people who are um, committed to the same thing or that are yeah. in the same kind of exploration that I think. Um, I agree completely. No, I, I absolutely agree. I think you know, and I, I, I think to, to clarify, it's, this is not a sharp, this isn't something that has sharp edges. This is something that it is, from my perspective, it is just a quiet knowing and ownership of your own value and, and what you're bringing into the world. You know, it, it's not a confront, it's not confrontational. I think quite often just who we be in the world um, is enough. Yeah, Ooh, it just is. Radical. Yeah, it just is. It's like comes back to that. It just is. Like it's that integrity. It just right. is. Well, it just our worth just is. It's not something that we earn. It's just it, and that allows us to soften into it. It doesn't need to have those hard edges exactly. or those boundaries or borders. Exactly. To it we're like, I find that exhausting. I understand, I understand the anger and the rebellion and, you know, but uh, it, it's, uh, well, anyway, I could talk more. I, I was right before we um, started, I was listening to a podcast called Conversations with People Who Hate Me. <laughs> oh, intriguing. By, uh, uh, the podcaster is Dylan Marin. And um, there's a lot more I could say, uh, and I don't want to stray past our um, our time, but uh, yeah, um, I, I, I'm really fascinated by how two people who have really different values and really different points of view, you know, how, how can they find some common ground? Mm. So it's, it's yeah. not, you know, us or them. Um, and I, that is an energy that I am so longing for in our world. You know, it's just exhausting. So Linda, oh my God, thank you so, so much for such a great conversation. Thank you. I could talk to you forever. I know, yeah, me too. <laughs> right. Such One of these days, combo. baby, you and I, we're gonna, you and I, we're gonna do a retreat or something and it will be so fun. 